All right. Welcome to the Root of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Chris Panetta, and we are in studio today, record-breaking four individuals. So thanks for joining, everybody. Uh, I'm excited about today. Uh, I've been calling this in my own mind and with others here in the office, the Roundtable podcast, because I was just looking forward to to hearing from all of you and getting insight on on how our our retreat went this year. For those of you listening that don't know uh, about uh, what we're doing here, go listen to some previous episodes and it'll catch you up. Uh, but we run a leadership institute and every year we start with a handful of new leaders in our community from all over the community, different sectors, and uh, we bring them together for a retreat for about three days, a deep dive into our curriculum right here. And we build relationships, we do all sorts of things. And without giving it away anymore, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, any listeners, you all know who I am. Um, uh, and I just want to introduce each of you now. So um, you want to you wanna start? Do you want me to give a little preface here? I'll give some preface. I'll do that. I answered my own question. So Kanoi here is, is in this year's cohort. And we just were a month and a half into it. So is Evan. And Anthony finished uh, the program last year. It's a year-long program. And so we're going to have that perspective as well. Um, so why don't you go ahead and introduce Evan. Actually, Evan, you were on an episode not too long ago. And so uh, those of you can go back and listen to, to that. And we discussed what you were looking forward to. So this is going to be fun to hear. Okay, this is what you thought before. And this is what <laughs> you think now. And kind of get the before and after feel. That'll be fun. Uh, but go ahead, and if, if you want, mind introducing yourself and then Anthony and, and Kanoi. Yeah, thank you. Um, Chris, you, you, I've introduced myself to you now probably eight times. So, um, and, to and to the listeners. And to the listeners one time previously. But um, I'm Evan Remington, and I, uh, I own companies, uh, Fresh and Local Foods and Thrive Healthy Kitchen, uh, mostly food companies, um, with a, a mission to try and improve the, the health and the quality of food that we're giving to kids. Um, and yeah, so I, I am transitioning. I kind of started that business, um, 16 years ago. And so, um, there's been a lot of changes and ups and downs and growth, I think with me personally and professionally. And, um, so this curriculum and this, uh, program and being part of the, this year's cohort, um, couldn't have come at a better time for me, uh, just to be able to kind of continue to grow and, uh, refine, redefine my my why and the things that I want to be working on and put my time and talent into um, moving forward. So, yeah. yeah. And Evan, if I can say, I made an observa observation at the retreat with you because in our in the episode we did before, you you shared how, you know, you spent, I can't remember the years, 15 or so years building this business. You feel like it's, it's established and you're thinking, okay, what's the next 10, 15 years look like mm -hmm. for me? But there was this really key moment that I witnessed during the retreat where you made the comment of, you know, you didn't say this word for word, but basically it was, I thought that I was thinking of here, I did these things and now you need to move on. But you're realizing, gosh, there's so much more I can do with all of that, right? That I thought was maybe behind me and thinking what's ahead. And I thought that was a powerful moment of realizing, wow, there's so much more I can still do back here before I think what's what's up there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely you observe that perfectly because I um, I was thinking in terms of, um, you know, how 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 often are people trying to start businesses struggling in the first few years? I mean, it, it really is a hard endeavor. And so um, 
I thought, gosh, how cavalier of me to be like, oh, I'm done with that, right? I mean, that's such an incredible platform um, to be able to, to do more and do more good. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, maybe we can dive into that a little bit later, too. So go ahead, Anthony. Well, I'm Anthony Mitchell, and I graduated with the 2022 cohort, greatest cohort ever. <laughs> and you're outnumbered okay. here. <laughs> you're outnumbered here. I'm getting some, getting some nasty looks from the table. <laughs> uh, it was an amazing, amazing cohort. Um, Anthony, you're going you're gonna to be there tomorrow? Yes. For yes, the indeed. lunch or something? So you're going to hear something new. They have a... They have a chant. What is what is it that we? Oh, oh. yeah. So we have a hype man. They have a hype. Do you get? A, oh, did you, do you not have a hype man? They had a hype man, oh. but he, Troy did not oh. take so. it to the level that this. This is does. a whole new thing, huh? Get oh, ready. Yeah. Just get ready for tomorrow. <laughs> they have like an official thing that they say and that they do all all them. We might have a bit, like a bit of a battle, right? Yeah. Like cheer, cheer, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. it was one great. of the fun elements of being in a community, having different cohorts. Is, <laughs> there's a. There's that connection that they share, but it's kind of funny how each each year is is uh, talking about their their year. So, sorry to interrupt. Dan. No, no, me. not a bit. I I have to say one of the things I love the most about groundwork is meeting fellow groundwork people. It is absolutely one of the most rewarding things about groundwork, and it makes perfect sense because we talk a lot about soil work and our relationships with people in groundwork. And so this network and this community and meeting you two today really big deal and really one of my highlights of my of my time with Groundwork. So um, just me personally, really quick, I'm a VP at a, a motorsports group who is also in growth and business building mode. So I know how hard it is, I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, but it's exciting as well. And uh, getting the chance to work with people and potentially employ people is a big passion of mine. When I first met Chris, we talked a lot about economic development in Salem and in Oregon generally. So now I'm in this position where I get to do a little more of that, which is fun, yeah. Well, my name is Kanoi Barth, and I am the health and wellness coordinator at Center 50 Plus, uh, which is our Salem Senior Center. And um, one of the things I think is really cool is um, our cohort has a lot of different representatives in a lot of different fields, um, but we don't have um, one that's just seniors, um, senior focus. So I think it's kind of fun to be able to bring the information that I'm receiving and apply it to to my field, which is seniors. Um, as you mentioned, some of the um, information in the groundwork uh, information that we received, Anthony, um, I love the idea of finding that soil, building that soil, making it something that is going to be a good place for ideas to grow, the seeds to grow. Um, I thought that was just a really a wonderful place to start to kind of build the topic um, as we started and then to be able to go through planting those seeds um, and and recognizing that weeds are part of weeds are part of it you can't you can't get your fruit at the end without getting through the weeds they're going to be there so um, it was a great analogy um, for how we run businesses um, yeah, it's yeah straightforward yeah so let's Let's talk a little bit about that. The, the analogy and the language that we create together is, is powerful, but then it brings it to a new level when there's other leaders in the community. And we were talking about this offline before we started recording, you know, with um, the, the director at the center where you're at was in our first year, which was, you know, four years ago. Um, but there's a s common language that you can share now. And then Anthony, you can walk into a room, never meeting individuals before, but immediately have a connection. So, I mean, let's, 
let's dive into that a little bit because it all starts with the retreat and that experience that we have. But let's talk about what that has done for you now and what you see that doing in a community, sharing that language and having that sort of commonality. I love the idea of what is being done here in this community. Um, I think that it is so innovative to take that approach uh, to philanthropy in general. Um, I think that you know, while we have so many great organizations that are um, doing great things and necessary things in our community, I think that it is so such a uh, bigger concept and idea to think about um, connecting leaders across different industry, giving common language, giving some camaraderie, um, and then watching how that impacts the overall community within all the different organizations. I think that that really has the potential for huge impact um, beyond just more traditional uh, philanthropy. Yeah, yeah, deeper and deeper and even wider. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I agree. In fact, um, at our twenty twenty three, our our cohort, um, we had. Uh, which group was it that was there, Chris? Um, oh, the uh, the 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 Bader Philanthropy Group. There yeah. we go. The and other, the Southern of, Foundation. Yeah. Correct. And one of the gentlemen um, in that group stood up and he said, "Wow, I I am listening to all of what you guys are doing here, and I wish I lived in Salem. You guys are doing big things here, and it was just, it was like, whoa, he's right." We are doing big things. It is cool to live here. And look at all the wonderful things. He goes, I want to come back. I want to come back and I want to hear everything you've done. And it was just a lift in the room. Like, yeah, this is cool. We're part of something really, really awesome. Yeah. So that was neat. Yeah. I loved that moment um, uh, when Frank shared that. And I don't think he'd mind us sharing that. But I lo- the context to that, which made it even more powerful to me, was he, you know, he gave the preface of, look, we we grant and give all over the globe. So I've seen a lot of different groups. I've been in a lot of different communities and I've never been in a, I've never seen a group of strangers enter a room and in three days mm-hmm. be where you're all at. And, uh, and then, yeah, he said, I wish I was a kid in your community. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was living here I because I, I know if I had all these leaders that, that, uh, you know, my life would be better off. And that was powerful to, for an outsider mm-hmm. to come and say, Absolutely. Um, especially with the perspective that they bring. I thought having them there was really fun. Oh, fun it was thing. cool. They provided an awesome perspective mm-hmm. throughout the whole whole three days. Mm-hmm. They so. did. That's a really good illustration of the power of groundwork. I feel like what he it was Frank you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what Frank said, because not only is it hard to get a group of strangers to become friends in three days, but what you said at the beginning about walking into a room of other people that have been through groundwork. Not only do you have a common language, but you also have a common perspective. And so much time in relationships is spent trying to develop common perspective. And if you can't get to that ground fairly quickly, most of the time when people, for example, don't do well in a job, a lot of times it's not because they're not capable of doing the job well, it's because they don't have common perspective with their supervisor or with their cohort of employees, and it ends up being a quote-unquote misfit, right? They don't fit into this culture. When all of that stress and cost and anxiety, all of that can be avoided by having common culture, common language, and a desire to bring people in. And I find that groundwork, particularly 
it's particularly impressive when you talk about leaders. I go into a room of folks that have been through groundwork, I'm immediately at ease with anybody that's in the room, right? Chief Teague comes to mind. I don't know a lot of chiefs of police in the United States. That you're but, put at ease when they That I'm put at ease with, right. <laughs> Usually it's the other thing, right? It's like, uh-oh, cops are here. Just kidding. <laughs> but, but with Chief Teague, you know, we can have a conversation and be at ease. Yeah. And for leaders to be able to do that, that's when you can build yeah. solutions. When yeah, you waste, no matter the background, no matter, yeah. Yeah, you waste all this time and energy just trying to like get acquainted. You can't really get to solutions. But if you have a common language, mm -hmm. you can get down to business. Yeah, and in our curriculum, we call that, we kind of, stay at the surface in mm -hmm. the transaction mm -hmm. and we don't go deep enough. Right. And and so I, I want to give a little sort of background context to the retreat and why it is structured the way it is. And then I want to share my perspective of how we ended just a couple of weeks ago. And then I would love to hear from the both of you on why you think it ended that way and your perspective. And then Anthony, you can jump in as well, because equally the way that it ended last year, I had similar feeling like, wow, I can't I can't believe this. Like, how is this? How is this real? I had to pinch myself to realize did that just happen. Uh, so a, a bit of context, you know, there's a the reason why we do everything we do from onboarding all of you back in the summer, telling you about all the expectations, kind of in, including you in on communication. And then there's the banquet. And then when it comes to the retreat, not only are we away in a special nice place that we feel kind of almost fancy, like, oh, we got all this, it's, we can be relaxed, it's nice, it's a way, and almost spoiled feeling. But the first day is exhausting. Like, it is exhausting. And at the end of every year, when we have that first day, I lay in the bed in the hotel, and I'm like, oh my gosh, why do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, have I lost people? Are people, like, regretting this? And, and even me, I still have to face the same reality because there's a reason why we do that, but it's so difficult and pushes me even that I always question like, why did we do that? The reasoning behind it is we want to create almost, lack of a better term, want to break people down almost, right? Emotionally and mentally so that they're ready to be vulnerable with one another the next two days and for, throughout the whole year. And if you remember, we even start the day off with something a really vulnerable question that most people are not used to being asked. And so, we want to create that space of exhaustion. My God, I'm exhausted because we get broken down. We become more vulnerable. We become more susceptible to, to uh, the process. And uh, we've learned that over the last few years that there's a reason why we do that. And it's even, again, it's even exhausting for me, I'll admit. I'll sit in bed and be like, what? Oh my gosh. Is, 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 have I lost Evan? Is Evan, is Evan still going to come back tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I was like, that's a I long know. day. Well, what right? I love about this group is several people in the takeaways at the end of the day, they shared, a few people, if you remember, they said, I've never been pushed that hard. Nobody's ever asked me those questions. Nobody's ever pushed me emotionally that hard in this sort of a professional setting. And, and I love that they realize that because there's an intention there. So we start with that. Obviously, you know all the things that happen those, those next couple of days and what we dive into, and I'll let you share that. But I want to skip towards how we ended because that was really powerful, and that was something you just can't script. When we try to script the whole weekend, like here's what we're going to do this time and this and blah, 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 but you can't make up what happened and how that ended. And I've shared with Anthony. I think I called you and told you how the, how the day ended on Saturday. And you were obviously both there. But for listeners, I'll just try to paint this picture. 
And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I think a key piece was nobody was rushing to get out of there because we we offered to stay that night, which is another thing. You don't have to rush home after this. You can stay the evening. And so we're just sharing biggest takeaways. It's always my favorite piece because you get to hear people's thoughts on the weekend. But was I was not expecting sort of this, lack of a better term, um, transcended almost, again, I don't know what to call it other than almost spiritual. It was so connecting. Of The room was connected in that moment. And uh, so people go around and they share all their takeaways. And I'm in awe with every single person that was talking. And when it when it finishes, I'm thinking, I can't just say, all right, see you guys later. <laughs> and so you notice I, I didn't know what to do. So I was stood up and and this feeling was in the room. Every there was this feeling of closeness and feeling of transformation. There's this deep connection in the room, like a memory I'll never forget. So I didn't know what to do. You you both remember. I just said, look, in my culture, when we go into other people's homes or to special or sacred places, we remove our shoes. Um, to show respect and honor that person or those people. So I removed my shoes because I felt like the moment, the space we created was so special and even sacred to me. I just wanted to show you all that that's what I was feeling in the room. So that's the only gesture I knew how to, to end the day with other than saying, nice having you. We'll see you <laughs> in a couple of weeks at our first session. I felt like that would have not done it justice. And I still don't think I did it justice. Um, so that was a special moment. When we talk about transformation, I feel like that was, we were in a transformational space there. And unfortunately, transformation doesn't last. You know, it's it's moments and we, we take leaps to those moments and we hope that those moments create transformational outcomes that do last. But that was a moment for sure. And so I'd love to hear your both of your perspectives on how we got to that place. And then Anthony, feel free to chime in as well. Um, well, just to go back to day one with you, Chris, um, it was good to hear you were exhausted because I did think, oh my goodness. So then on the agenda, I see movie night and I'm like, okay, it was a heavy day. So it's probably going to be like a rom-com or like, you know, it's going to be pretty light snacks. He didn't even give you a hint. No, it just says no, movie night. Like, and I was like, movie okay. night is about Genesis. Maybe oh, comedy. Man. And then, then we Brutal. see this wonderful documentary. It was good. Yeah. And just when you thought, whoa, I can't take any more information in or process anything else, I was up, I don't know, two, three hours after. My husband had stayed there with me and I was like, let's talk about this. You know, it was totally not like we're away from the kids and everything. Well, you know, you think you're gonna have like light conversation about a funny movie. No, it was it was awesome. It was such great conversation. Like I said, we stayed up for hours just talking about this and the depths of a person and forgiveness and I might be, I don't want to spoil this, but it was great. It was really great. So just when you thought you had taken in all the information you could take in, in a long day, there was, there was more to take in and it was really valuable. I'm sure listeners so. probably picked this up, but it is not a light and fluffy movie. No. It is not. <laughs> no, it's called no. Be, uh, Beyond Right and Wrong. So it's a documentary of really traumatic things people have gone through in Rwanda, um, Ireland, uh, Israel. Um, and stories of forgiveness and reconciliation is mind blowing. And you're right. It leaves you like, what do I do now with this information? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but that, that was, that was really great. You get a ton of information at the beginning and you now you come into this room where you don't know any, anyone really, or I didn't anyways. And, um, there's that first portion of the meeting where you find yourself just introducing yourselves to everyone by the end. It was just so cool because it just felt like a room of friends. It was comfortable and you of course you've 
been so vulnerable throughout the weekend talking about different things with your organization, growth in yourself, that you feel really comfortable with these 25, 27 other people. Um, yeah, like you said, Chris, it was it was really cool when we left. It was like, whoa, I think we just made some really great friends, connections. It was, it was really cool. Yeah, if you remember Jordan, mustache Jordan. Yes, I was going to say yeah, him. his comment. Uh, yes. I'd love to get him on an episode because... That was really cool, his comment and his takeaway was, he think he said his wife called him the first night and he said, how was the day? And he just took a sigh and was, I think I'm gonna have a bunch of really dear friends by the end of this year. That was cool to, to hear, yeah. yeah. I, I noticed um, right pretty quickly in the one of the first um, exercises that we did, um, how, how empathetic everybody was as far as how they were approaching um, the problem, I don't want to give too much away, but the, the issue that we were kind of tasked to resolve, of course, we learned later that, um, we, we, we didn't get, we didn't get exactly what we were supposed to do. Um, but, uh, but still, obviously it was a very valuable process. So I thought that was my first clue that I thought, okay, well, you, you know, this, this is so special for so many reasons, but I think that, um, the work that you're doing ahead of time to choose the cohort, to communicate with people, expectations, and um, kind of lay that groundwork um, <laughs> really, I think, shows in who was in the room to begin with um, and how we were kind of pretty immediately starting to interact in a more um, vulnerable and kind of compassionate way. Um, but then by the end, um, I mean, I think, Everybody just naturally got up and started hugging one another goodbye. Um, so, you know, to your point of not kind of knowing what to do at the end and feeling like that was a, a sacred time and space, I think the fact that everybody just immediately started kind of embracing each other to, to say goodbye was, was really um, indicative of how close people were feeling. Yeah, and... and <clears throat> I could see somebody listening to this and feeling like, what is, what's going on out there? Like some sort of fluffy hippie love fest, right? And, uh, I was really thinking the same thing just a minute ago. But, but the reality is, is it was a, it was a very, um, you know, kind of a mental, emotional, very, very difficult. I mean, it wasn't easy work that we were doing and we were laying a foundation for more difficult work because we talk a lot about transaction versus transformation that retreat is meant to kind of break through the transactions that we get so used to in our relationships and in our life and our work where we just go through the motions every day. And the retreat is kind of the first just kind of hammer at that wall of transaction. And so it might sound like it was this, you know, fluffy thing, but it's, it wasn't. I mean, it's the exact opposite, I think. I, I, don't, I actually think that majority of people would be scared to go go to that place if they knew entirely what they were getting into. <laughs> so, so maybe we shouldn't show this to future uh, attendees. No. Um, you should share what your daughter said, if yeah. you don't mind, because that I was funny, mind. and it kind of connects to our point. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. So one of the things that we learned um, is that a lot of um, our relationships are transactional. Um, and I was having a hard time kind of applying that to my work life because I'm thinking, okay, I, you know, how does that apply? I think that cultivating the soil, the culture within a business is something that is kind of intuitive. 
um, especially when you're a, a founder. I mean, it, you know, in the beginning, like it, you have to cultivate the soil just to make it work. Um, and so I think that there's a, a lot of uh, kind of intuition with that. Uh, but one thing that I thought of immediately was my relationship with my daughter and how it's it really has become transactional. Um, and so thinking about that and having my phone call to her in the evenings at the end of each day check-ins. and and my and texts also, but yeah, check-ins and um, I shifted my language, you know, and just the way that I was communicating with her. Um, and immediately I noticed that she was more pleasant, opening up, you know, talking away, all of that. So by the third day or the second day, um, uh, she she had noticed, obviously, that change as well. And I didn't talk at all about, you know, the content or what I was doing, you know, by changing my approach. Um, and then she said, Mom, did you join a cult? <laughs> um, and she's really funny. Uh, she has a really great sense of humor, so she was joking. But it was it was pretty funny and, and interesting to me that she obviously had noticed that transformational change yeah. just in shifting the approach, yeah. which was exciting, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's the groundwork cult right there. That is <laughs> like the greatest story I've ever heard. Awesome? You joined a cult? <laughs> But, you know, I took a cue from you. So we came home Saturday night and I'd been thinking about how you had talked about, you know, um, I've been noticing as my daughter's growing up, he's he's kind of transactional. I'm not getting a lot of information out. And I started thinking through, you know, I have four boys, but one of them is 13. And I started noticing, huh, maybe that's why he's not as chatty. And so the next day I woke up and I took him to coffee and same types of things in the way that I would talk to him. He was so chatty. 13-year-old boys don't just chitty, chitty, chat, chat. They just don't. And I sat there for an hour and just listened to him. And I was like, this is amazing. It was so cool. And just like you said, just changing the types of questions you're asking and not, so did you do your homework? Well, did you do your chores? Did you, you know, and just really, all right, so how do you feel about these things that you've done? Or I don't know, opening it up, it was was really cool. And that's like a, a home example but bringing that into work too it was it was neat i've been able to connect with different people at work as well patrons that come in so i i learned a lot when you were telling me your story about your daughter i was like i need to try that it was cool yeah you know what i've learned we use that language of deep-minded or surface-minded what i've learned about when we're deep-minded is it's almost like and we talked about this at the retreat that we it's almost like time and space kind of stop. Like it no longer matters, you know. Order or structure to things just go away and we're just in the moment. And and it's almost like we kind of transcend this need for order, this need for sort of structure, which is what I think the transactional sort of mentality, the surface mind needs. Like we need an order, we need a process. And those are important. And we never disregard the importance of that. But But those transformational moments, it's like they stop mattering. And we just are in the moment, whether it's, something a task that we're doing or we're in a relationship and it's with that person and those are powerful moments yeah i had noticed one of the kind of epiphanies that i had as part of that is the transactionalness of my interactions with my daughter was all rooted in fear you know i'm i want her to have a successful future i want her to you know um just, you know, be happy and healthy. And um, she's almost 17. And so there's this urgency of that I've been feeling of like, am I, did I get all in the parenting in? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> gonna be successful. Did I get it all in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so that was that was a really big kind of learning yeah. moment for me. Yeah, that's that's really insightful. That it was rooted in a fear. Yeah. I think it's powerful to <clears throat> mention, especially to anyone who is listening that hasn't been to a retreat or participated in groundwork. You know, I deal with a lot of um, business leaders and business owners in my professional life. And most people, as you know, as a business owner and you as a business leader, everyone cares about results, right? It's, we don't really care about how we get there. It's all about results. That's not always bad because results are important. And when you post great numbers, numbers speak for themselves. There's a lot of value to that. One of the things I find so interesting about groundwork is even though it might be difficult in certain ways to quantify precisely uh, like every little thing in terms of what causes a change to happen within people, the thing about groundwork is it's 100% effective. So you mentioned a story about your daughter and you mentioned a story about your son the tools and the framework around groundwork, it's 100% effective, it's so cool. And I love that because if you're struggling to use business again, if you're struggling in your business or in your relationships, I really feel like groundwork gives you the tools that you need to turn things around so that eventually what you're looking for, which might be, again, numbers or results, those things will follow, but it's not really about those things. It's about the application of these principles to make your life better. And at the end of the day, those relationships with our kids, with our coworkers, those things, those things actually matter. Those are the things we care about. We don't really care if we doubled the size of our business, right? But we do care if we're happy with the people that we spend time with. And I think it's remarkable. Um, one thing I was thinking about, the reason I give that that overture and that summary was because I remember at the end of our retreat, so many people even people, there was at least three people who said they were on the fence about being there, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was, it was honest. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, really? the they were like, I, show, I showed up kind of on the fence, yeah. Totally. And it was cool to hear them fess up to it yeah. because yeah. Um, like one of them, it was because um, it was because it was like they were pushed into it almost because it's like, well, you know, this is important and relationships with certain people got to stay good, right? So yes, I'll do it. And then another, I think a lot of it was like that. And I'm not trying to call them out, but that was so powerful to me how honest they were about the fact that they were honest because they went through groundwork about the fact that I didn't think I wanted to be here and now I've been exposed to this material and I've had a chance to apply it a little bit with this group, my cohort. And now I really do want to be here. It was really cool in three days to see oh, yeah. that with multiple people right. who didn't fess up to each other at the beginning about that. <laughs> so it was very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. What I remember about the takeaways in your year was, uh, and you know Kevin Cameron. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had him on an episode as well, county commissioner. But um, Anthony, you know, I always say transformation is something that's caught. It's not taught, right? Like you can't teach it. You you catch it. And uh and that's what I look for at the end of these these um, takeaways is like, who's catching it? You know, you can feel it when somebody catches it. And Anthony caught it. Like in his comment, he just was sharing, which I think almost everybody shared this last year. It was amazing. But Anthony's like, I, I see it now. Like our community is going to be so much better. And he said, I'm just imagining in 20 years how amazing our community 50 years. Oh, you say 50? I said 50 because no, I say, know what's coming. <laughs> no, you didn't say 50. You just said like 20 or 30. Did I? Yeah, because then Kevin Cameron's like, I hope it doesn't take that long. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, 
all. I want to be around to see it. Kevin no shade at Kevin, but he was our he was our he was our veteran leader in the put it that way. He was our veteran leader in the group. Kevin, if you're listening to this, we love you, and you're not quite that old. You're not. That Kevin old. has been at the gym with me at 6 a.m. all week, oh, he's, so he's 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 a. He's yeah. going to be around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I still remember that. Anthony, this is an inspiring moment. I can see it now. Our community is going to be so different. I'm so excited in 20, 30 years. And everybody's like, yeah. And then Kevin, I hope it doesn't take that long. <laughs> so good. Good memory. That's funny. Yeah. Well, so what else about, about the retreat? Because as you've been talking, I keep thinking of different moments, kind of highlights for me. One of them was when everybody shared their why and their, their purpose with one another, which in Anthony's year, I wasn't planning on doing that, but Kim, mm-hmm. Kim Hansen yeah. with Maps Foundation, she was the one that said, I actually want to hear everybody's. Can we share it? it was awesome. And I was still hesitant of, well, what if people don't want to share it? I don't want them to have to be vulnerable and do that, you know, because what if they don't? That's all my self-talk going on. But now after that experience, I had no hesitation. I'm like, well, let's share these with one another because I know the power. So what did, what did you all think in that moment? Of sharing. By, by the way, listeners, we have people develop and write out their why, kind of their why statement in 20 words or less. And then we have them share it on day one with all these other leaders in the room, uh, which could be a pretty scary thing to do. Um, but they did it. And it's, all, it's always a highlight for me to hear. Because it's not a surface why. It's like no. your essence of being, mm-hmm. right? It's, a, it's, it's not something you would necessarily, even with relatives, you've ne- you probably wouldn't necessarily want to share it with certain relatives, right? So sharing it with a group is strangers. It's, it's significant. Yeah. yeah, it's very significant to share that. Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah. no, that's what I, what I want to hear. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it was at first. I actually, I was a little bit nervous about it because you know you'd said, "All right, so, all right, well, we're gonna have a good night, and then tomorrow you can bring your why in." And I just like I worried about it all night. Okay, well, I don't know that this is this is what people think when they meet me, but what I realized is no, this is what I try to exude, and it doesn't matter what other people think. Well, I don't know that you you always are doing your why or whatnot. It's it's what you think inside and and your reason for being there. And um, I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed listening to everyone's why as well. That was, it was a really neat look into what matters to them. And um, it was it was really cool. It was one of my favorite parts actually. I think it was good. Um, I guess I just assumed that we would be sharing it. I don't know that you actually told us ahead of time. Oh no, he did. Oh yeah, he's like, we're sharing. Oh, okay, okay. So, so I thought it was really interesting because one of the things going through it, um, and I think I think Jordan was sitting next to me that day where we were kind of talking through it as, as well, um, was uh, fighting the urge, especially because you know you're going to share it. Of you know what's this going to sound yeah. like and <laughs> right and and um, and how am I going to be perceived right and it's like okay well it's my why and it has to be I want it to be authentic if it's going to be a true tool to to motivate me to carry me through to inspire me to you know do the work right. all of that and so um, I actually kind of worked it and reworked it several times, but I thought that was knowing that we had to share it actually was uh, helped as part of the exercise to um, get honest yeah. about like, is this my why or is this, 
you know, how I want people to, to perceive me. me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a challenge. Yeah, and I think that's such a good practice, which is why we, it's a key piece of deeply seeing, as we say in our curriculum, of have, being deep-minded is to have a purpose in life and to state it because I think everybody has a purpose, things they care about, but then to actually put it out into the world and project it and write it down in a thoughtful manner in 20 words or less, as we say, because you be really precise with it. I think there's power in that because what you just said it helps me, helps you realize what do I really care about? Mm -hmm. And, and have I removed the, the filters of what people are going to think about this? Why? And one of the things really powerful from last year, and I think I shared this at the retreat, Jasmine, who sadly is moving away. Oh, so God. sad. She's gone. Uh, I think she already moved away. Last Sunday, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but so she, we shared our whys. And I, if, I don't even remember hers, but it was, you know, and she shares this in the in a podcast that we recorded last year sometime. But it was pretty generic. And it was mostly about her, and uh, which is great. And it sounded like a great why when she said it. I remember thinking, that's pretty cool. But then she came on an episode halfway through the year. And she said, Chris, I just got to tell you, my why's totally changed. She's like, I, real, I did not realize how small it was when I first wrote it down at the retreat that it can be so much bigger than me. And I, that was just music to my ears to realize, okay, a couple things. It's great to start to define your why, but what if all she had was the retreat and we didn't have this whole year of her to continue to think about it and this intentionality as a leader to, to continue cultivating and nurturing your why would she have gotten to that point? I, I don't know, but I like to think about the impact that would have been right? Had she not made that realization. But yeah, it's a powerful moment to hear all of that. I also noticed too, you'll remember, there's several people that even said, I'm kind of scared to write it down because once I write it down, what if I fail? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Embracing your, embracing your own authenticity. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to put that phrase, but that's very, it's scary for most of us. And I don't think you realize that you're afraid of it until you're put in a position, which is exactly what the retreat does. It puts you in a somewhat emotionally compromising position where you have to embrace your the, the reality of things like your own why and who you are and what drives you. And I think that, especially when you are a driven person, as I'm sure everyone here is, it can be challenging to have that be authentic in the sense that you just have to reflect on what it really is as opposed to framing it in a way that you normally do, which is to drive your own drive, if that makes any sense, that powers your drive and maybe even your ego. When you remove all that and you're left with a genuine why that's authentic, that can be very intimidating. And you know, I think probably the more aggressive and type A you are, the more intimidating it might be. <laughs> that was an amazing thing to see in our retreat. I loved I just loved getting to know people at an authentic level. It's so much richer and more enjoyable to know who people really are instead of what they want you to believe they are. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I agree. I, I was going to say one thing. Yeah. Anthony, you have a really great voice that you could do readings, but we had a like a professional <laughs> reader there. And I loved was a reader last year. Was he? Okay, I could see it. I could hear it. And I was like, oh, you should do audibles too. Um, but we have a gentleman by the name of Jordan who 
He is phenomenal. He could he could be an audible book reader. That's Seriously. awesome. He's just like you. And I just would love to see a read off. I don't know if that's a thing, <laughs> but you <laughs> should totally do it. Kind of a read off. Could be cool. Can we do that? Groundwork <laughs> podcast. Groundwork read off. Yeah. That was actually a transformational thing because totally. he he. I don't know that he identified. I don't know that he identified as a you know talented voiceover mm-hmm. person and. Um, you know, he kind of like <laughs> raised his hand a little like, okay, I can do it. Yeah. And then over the three days, it was like, Just he like on. fully embraced it. You know, oh, yeah. he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like Jordan, I'm a professional reader. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. And Jessica, even she was like, oh no, so one of my friends on Facebook is looking for a reader. I told her about you. And he was like, oh, he, he didn't even know he was looking for a job. How to cool. Be a, yeah, to be a reader. But um, when I told his wife, I got the chance to meet Jordan's wife. Shout out to you, Jordan. Um, and I was like, oh, so cool, this hidden talent that your husband has. And she kind of looked at me, she's like, mm-hmm. I've heard all about it the last couple days. I go, isn't it so cool? I bet your, like, your grocery list sounds cooler. Your time stories sound amazing. She's like, yeah, it's neat. She wasn't as excited as I was. And I was like, oh. just wait till he gets his first paid gig. Yeah. And you're like, you know go. what? This is something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I was thoroughly impressed with his... Yeah. yeah, he had the voice, that's for yeah. sure. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. You walk away with all these friends. It's yeah. the coolest thing. You just walk away, things that you wouldn't know about people. <laughs> it's just the most amazing thing to walk away with friends that you can call later and have a relationship with. Yeah, you well, know? and maybe mm-hmm. you, you awesome. start to multiply that um, year after year. And, and, and again, these folks that come through are, are in leadership roles, as you know. So you multiply that by five years, six, seven years, and you start to, kind of change the canvas of leadership in a community and the ability to come together to figure things out. And that's, that's a exciting thing for me at least. And kind of going back to the why, the reason why we do that and why it's so, it's so important in our curriculum to make sure that we have purpose and we face our fears and we suffer well is kind of the back scenes to, to why we do that is, is, so much about, I think, leadership development programs, it's all about achieving something. Like I set a goal so I can accomplish this thing and I can achieve it. And at Groundwork, we just, we wanted to flip that and think that, no, this is more about becoming something, right? Uh, if you want to achieve something, like go watch a YouTube video <laughs> then I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> go watch a handful of YouTube videos and you'll probably figure out how to achieve something and accomplish it. Obviously, I say that facetiously and but um, a big part of groundwork is to become something, right? And that takes time, and that takes really intentional effort to look deeply within ourselves and our relationships mm-hmm. and our work um, and face some of the ugly, ugly fears. And I appreciate that you shared one of those fears you brought up earlier, but what, what do you think kind of the idea of facing fears, how do you think that added to, the, again, the end, end result of that retreat? Well, I think everybody, I mean, especially at the end, going around, um, I mean, I don't, nobody was sort of holding back as far as just being completely honest and raw, I think. Um, and once one person does that and then another person does that, I mean, that that begets that whole environment and culture. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it's it's no longer a fear when we're all kind of in it together. Yeah, the ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. 
I do because facing, I, I would imagine to people listening, it probably sounds like the words I would use to describe it might be uncomfortable, unpleasant, ugh, groundwork. Ugh. No, I don't want to do that. What are you talking? A bunch of hippy dippy, feely. Like, what is this? But I also want to hear Jordan's voice. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know the thing about about what you just said about uh, facing fear in this end of the retreat experience. It's not unpleasant in any way. Like being vulnerable and open. It, we use the word vulnerable probably it's gotten it's like caught on in the world it's like a big deal to be vulnerable now and i think that there's good good and bad ways to do it the way the groundwork does it it's not unpleasant in any way it's it's very enjoyable to be there at the last day and to hear from these people who you have a relationship and a language with and to hear their genuine and authentic perspective it's very pleasant is the word i would use to describe it so yeah i'm not sure if that's the best answer to your question about facing fears, but facing fear, it becomes less uncomfortable and more, you feel more supported and equipped to do it. Because for one thing, you've given it, like you've identified it, there's a word to it, but you also are among friends, so. Yeah, and you experience something together. You know, my wife was there the first time kind of helping and supporting in certain ways. She's been there before, but as a guest, so she didn't get to sit in, in the room. And so she pointed this out as well, that that people experience a bit of suffering and <laughs> together, right? It's a long thing you go through and you sit through that long day, you have to watch that movie together and you're like looking around the room like, oh my gosh. So you experience this, I'll just lack of a better term, you, you experience some suffering with one another. It's not, you know, there's a lot worse suffering in the world, obviously. But you go through this sort of exhausting experience and it connects you. And what I've learned about vulnerability is you know, a lot of it is context, right? I think about somebody just jumping off of a stage and hoping people will catch you, right? And a lot of times they won't. If you have no context with those individuals and you haven't experienced something with them, you haven't grown with them or suffered with them or been exhausted with them. But uh, at the end of that retreat, you jump off the stage because you know everybody's going to catch you, right? Awesome. And uh, and that's what I think the difference is you're talking about with vulnerability is sometimes we, it gets a negative rap because too many people are jumping off the stage and nobody's there to catch them. I got a big They're like, what are you doing? When you said that, what? what are you doing? I was being vulnerable. Why didn't you catch me? Right. You know, but with here, we create this setting where you go through an experience together. So why would people not be down there to catch you when you jump? So that I, yeah, I thought of that imagery when you shared that. That's really good. Yeah. I actually, Chris, I'm glad you mentioned Kenzie because um, everyone in the room got a chance to say what their takeaway was. Um, the Bader team, all of all of us in the program, um, everyone helping. And Kenzie, your wife, went last. And I absolutely loved what she said. I actually texted her when I left. And I was like, she shared that with me. wow, that was really cool, Kenzie. She was just raw, vulnerable, and just was like, this is really cool. I didn't see how I was going to sit you know, fit in this group. And I was like, that's exactly what I said the first day I walked in and I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I have to offer. But by the end, I was just like, okay, I see you. Cause that's exactly how I felt. And that was the exact conclusion I came to is there's a place for everyone at this table. There just is. And whatever it is that you're bringing is needed. And it was, it was really cool. I loved that she shared. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sending her that note. She yeah. really appreciated it. It was cool. Yeah. Another comment 
that I wanted to <clears throat> share that Frank also shared that I thought was really powerful, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But um, just to paint the picture for for people listening, you know, we had this other foundation join, and they're amazing um, foundation. They do amazing work, and uh, one of them uh, shared. They said noticed on their first day that they said you know, and this, this is an African American individual, and he said to another gentleman that was there. There's not a lot of black people here, you know. It's not like three three black people here. This isn't a very diverse group, and um, we're in a very hot topic world of DEI and equity and inclusion and diversity. And so he was just pointing out and and that this group isn't very diverse. And for Salem, the group's pretty diverse. We'll be honest, right? <laughs> yeah. So for Salem, it's pretty diverse. But but he had a good point. But what I thought was incredible was the fact that he was openly apologizing yeah. to everybody in the room. He said, I have to apologize to every single one of you that I even thought that because after spending three days with you, this is one of the most diverse group of people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because now I know all of you. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing. Yeah, that was That great. was absolutely amazing to hear mm -hmm. that. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was cool. Mm -hmm. You really missed out, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Knife to the heart, Chris. Knife to yes. the heart. Although hearing you tell that story, that that does make me happy to hear that story because that was that was powerful. It's yeah. almost as good as being there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I could I could go on on just little things I noticed and observed and takeaways and um, just a powerful powerful weekend. Um, so as kind of bring it to a close because I think we're we're coming up on the hour. Why don't you all share some of your biggest takeaways from re rethinking the weekend, even though it was, you know, for you a year ago, um, you know, what is your, what was your biggest takeaway? Why do you think it ended the way that it ended? And what are you looking forward to, you know, the rest of the year? And even as an alumni, what are you looking forward to mm -hmm. as, as continuing in continuing down this, this sort of path of how are we going to create transformational change here yeah. in our community, starting with our own life? Um, one of the things, gosh, I'm trying to think of who I shared that kind of laugh with, but at the end, and I said, um, I said, so it's, 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 it's a me problem. <laughs> Turns out I'm the problem. <laughs> That's what I, I've learned here. We're glad um, you realized the whole thing was for you, Evan. <laughs> uh, it was an intervention, this whole thing. Um, so that was, uh, helpful. <laughs> to to understand that and um yeah just kind of got some got humble on some things i think um just again being in this on this trajectory of feeling like things are so different than they used to be for me when i first started my business everything was new i was trying to figure things out there was so much pressure and urgency to make it work to figure out how to you know survive and um and i you know i had gotten to this place where um, there just has been a lot of complacency. Um, and I think that's a lot of that has been on my part. And so one of the understandings that I had come to is um, that your why does change. It has to evolve. And that um, that if you're if you're kind of feeling stuck and if you're in one of these places, um, you know, probably you should be looking inward um, to really, you know, ask serious questions and humble yourself. Um, and that, you know, blaming others or um, thinking it's a 
employee's problem or, a, you know, is, is not very uh, healthy or productive. Um, so I think that was a really good thing for me to just kind of get reinvigorated around what I can do to improve myself that, um, that is going to be helpful within all of my relationships. Um, and that really that's the only thing we have control over is our, our own selves and our own thinking and our own behaviors. Um, and that's empowering. So I think that's really exciting. Um, I, I love a retreat. <laughs> I'm a fan of retreats in general. I think that they're so helpful. They can be transformative um, just simply by going to a new place, having a different experience, cutting out the distractions. Um, but I think a retreat with this kind of powerful content um, and so thoughtfully designed to help create the space to actually form real relationships um, is, is transform uh, transformative. But what I'm most excited about is the fact that um, we have this ongoing check-in, learning, opportunity for growth, building on the knowledge and the relationships throughout the year. Um, because I think that's that's going to be critical to really understanding um, how to get as much as we can from this these teachings and how to apply them um, and be able to continue to grow throughout the year. I think that's the part that I'm now most excited about is that it's not just just a retreat that, you know, maybe you forget about or um, you have to be, you know, self-disciplined to stick with it. I think having the format be that you're doing this for, for a year is, is, is critical and going to be really exciting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're debating in the studio who's going next. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> I would agree, Evan. I'm I'm really excited that this is going to be a monthly a monthly meeting, a good check in point um, for me. I think I lacked the excitement um, to build new ideas. Sometimes it's easy to become complacent. Okay, is everything good to go? We just need to build some stuff here. We just need to just kind of status quo. We just have to make it. That's I feel like ever since 2020, probably that's what I've been trying to do is just let's not let the ship you know sink and. Um, so it didn't leave a lot of room to think of, but what could we be doing? What kind of exciting programming could I be adding? You know, And just being in that room on the last day, there was so much energy in the room. Oh, it was just, it was palpable. You could just feel it. It was like, okay, everyone's gonna go home and do something new, you know? And I think that for me, that's what I needed. I needed that push to be like, okay, all right, everything's good. You're good, you're status quo, you got that down. Now we can just build and do some things you've been wanting to do, but saying, okay, we will, we will later. And now's the time, I'm really excited about that. Um, and the fact that it is a monthly check-in keeps you accountable. You know, um, I'm excited to meet with my mentor here in a couple of weeks, because um, then there's another person keeping you accountable and, and cheering you on, you know, so. Thanks. Thanks. Sure. That's huge. Um, not too much to add except to say I, in terms of, you know, being an alumni now and being able to contribute uh, back to those, uh, back to others and be grateful for those who have helped me, uh, my mentor, I feel like, I feel like one of my main takeaways from the end especially was this feeling that, um, 
this feeling that we were all really improved. I'll, I'll focus on that. Just this feeling that we were really improved and grateful to have come together and to have built relationships that would be lasting. And like you said, um, being able to have mechanism and framework around having these things continue in perpetuity. It's so sad to get to the end of something like that and feel like it's over, you know, but instead to be able to have some tools and resources to keep going. That was, I'm just thinking about the end of our cohort experience in the retreat. And that was definitely lasting for me, having that feeling. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the most satisfying things that we can experience as human beings is seeing the improvement in somebody that we care about, mm -hmm. right? You know, like I get I get emotional when I just watch my little kids like figure out a layup in basketball in their games. You know, it gets me all worked up because I just w see the improvement. Um, and that's a, a special thing that we share with other professionals, other leaders in all sectors in the community and groundworks. We see this sort of growth and progression together. And that's, again, that's a powerful thing. I, I said it on the last day. I'll keep saying it year after year as at this point, hopefully in a few years, there'll be many communities doing things like this, but I'm confident there's no other community out there that is doing what, what we're doing or having moments like the one that we shared on Saturday. I mean, you know, of the last day of the retreat, that just, that doesn't happen. That's rare. And those are to me, transformational moments uh, that catalyze change that I think we need in our lives, as you've all attested to, but that we need in our organizations and ultimately in our community. Um, that's why we're, why we're doing all of this to be a catalyst for transformational change. So I think, you know, anybody listening today, uh, I don't think you've, you even need to know anything about groundwork or be anywhere near Salem to feel the energy that's been, you know, just discussed in this room and on, on this episode. Um, and, uh, there's plen plenty of little nuggets. There's been plenty of little nuggets of inspiration and motivation that you've all shared. So whether you are connected to Salem or not, or groundwork or not, I hope that you've enjoyed the episode and that you have a lot to think about in your own life. Personally, thank each one of you for joining, joining us on the show. Uh, I think we're going to, I'm going to see some of you tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> I told you at the beginning of the year, by the end of the year, you'll be sick of me. Unless you're weird like Anthony, he likes to keep hanging around me. He's loitering. No, no, I get invited for a podcast. If you no, I call him too much. I call Anthony too much the other day. I'm like, dude, all you got to do is, didn't I give you a safe word? Let's like, you just say this word and it means I'll stop calling you. Everest or something. Yeah. Say this I'll word and it means you. I'll no longer call you this much. Uh, no, Anthony and I have become great friends. So, and, um, I look forward to the continued friendship with everybody here. So thanks again. And those of you tuning in, thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. <laughs>